It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Eric. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as James Gunn's DC revamp, recent Star Trek stuff, and The Last of Us. Atlantis, except I really liked Atlantis like a lot more back then. Mm-hmm. Um, Treasure Planet, eh? Uh, I, I didn't even like that one that much back then. Um, but I could get why it didn't have broad appeal. Kind of like how this Compass stuff we're, or Dark Materials we were just talking about doesn't seem like it has broad appeal. That's how I felt about like, yeah. Atlantis. But Lightyear and and Strange Worlds, there was stuff that was like. It was groan-inducing, and it wasn't because of it wasn't because of failing in artistry. It full from from my my from my point of view, it was more things that were written into the screenplay, certain dialogue and certain things that I was just like, holy shit, what? Yeah, me and Isaac talked about this because I watched them uh, during our break, and I think that both of them were were okay, and I think Strange World. It's funny that you compared it to Treasure Planet. I did the same thing, and I said maybe 15 years from now, people will look back on it in a similar way, and it'll have its cult audience. But I think the problem with both Lightyear and Strange World was just way over-constructed scripts to the point that they just felt artificial. None of the beats, none of the character uh, arcs felt natural. Everything felt like it was just working by clockwork and put together by a committee. But I think the animation was great for both of them, and I really like the, uh, the overall stories. Lightyear especially, I thought, had some really fun uh, sci-fi ideas for a kid's film. It just kind of lost its way in the end with the whole very forced teamwork arc. I thought that none, of that, none of that felt natural. Man, the Taika Waititi character bothered the shit out of me in that movie. Like, he was yes. like Jar Jar extra extra, and oh, man. Like get this guy out of here. <laughs> in the bonus episode with Isaac, I said, I don't know why studios are hiring this guy. He's he doesn't even play characters anymore. He shows up, does his comedy shtick, doesn't even feel like he's taking the movie that he's in seriously. And it just it's an embarrassment. I don't understand what he's doing. Especially in Thor Love and Thunder. That was just a horrible embarrassment. <laughs> I really hope um yeah, nothing Star Wars related comes out with a Taika Taika Watini. even though man I love all I love practically everything he's done prior to becoming super famous or super whatever yeah yeah man I love that movie Jojo Rabbit and, and other things great movie and other things and he was cool and he was cool in Suicide Squad his little little tiny bit as Ratcatcher 1 I thought he brought some real heart to that little role but he just lost his way at some point I don't know what What's happened? Who the hell is Ratcatcher one? Was that the newer Suicide Squad or the? Yeah, um, one of the characters is named Ratcatcher two, and her dad was the original Ratcatcher, and we see him like twice in the movie in these tiny little memories from her childhood. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I vaguely remember that, but I'd have to. I, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, and he brought some real genuine, like it felt like a real character that he was playing. It wasn't just. Taika showing up, being Taika, which is a different name attached, which is what he's been doing lately. By the way, what do you what do you think about the James Gunn plans? And have you seen the the Flash trailer? I haven't seen the Flash trailer, and I haven't paid any attention to the James Gunn stuff. So you have no idea what he was announcing in his big big announcement. No, no. 
Yeah, I'll see when they come out. These superhero movies, I just don't pay attention. I see them when they come in the theater, but I don't. No, but I mean, otherwise. Yeah, but it wasn't just a mere fact of here. Let me tell you the superhero movies that are on the docket. While it did do that, that that's not the headline. The headline was that he was basically explaining the whole DC plan going forward now under him, which is radical. I mean, radical compared to what came before hey I'll, I'll be happy to uh sit in the theater and watch them but yeah i don't care enough to sit down and read some plan that he, just like the mcu used to do their big uh plans and i would just never pay any attention oh uh, but it's it's not like an mcu plan though because it's a whole i don't know it's almost like it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a complete shift. It's a complete. It's not just this is our plan, because the equivalent of Marvel would have to be. Well, it would never happen. At least not right now. Anyway, it'd be. Okay, it'd be tantamount to Faggy saying. All right, um, Phase Five. We're we're not bringing back any of the actors or characters you know from Phase Four. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and we're going in this whole like other direction and so that that's much more than just saying you know oh we're gonna get into like the thanos thing or the infinity gauntlet or something like that um and so anyway that, that was a big deal and so then in light of that i mean when he announced like the details of that oh but he went a little bit further because some of the stuff was like what disney said about star wars when they got star wars so another thing besides explaining the direction of DC, he said also going forward that all new DC media, DC Universe media of the new DCU, I think they're calling it, everything is supposed to be in continuity. Um, mm, mistake. Uh, so he said, like, the movies the television shows that come now or you know come after and animated releases animated like programs and and things he said if you watch a a new dcu like animated project more than likely the voice acting for whatever character will be the same actor who portrays the person in live action for the most part um, and he said that the cartoons or animated releases will tie into whatever, whatever. And it's it's insane. Now, he said there were some exceptions, of course, for like the Batman and the, the Joker movie. And those would be considered elsewhere universe, you know, like outside of the continuity. But aside from those things, those outliers, he was saying everything is going to be like a unified universe. And it, oh, and he said video games, too. And people were just like, what? Like, how is this even possible? Or, like, what kind of a nightmare are you setting up for yourself? You know? Like, yeah. And he was probably, like, speaking a little bit out of his ass, but he but he made it sound, like, very clear that this is, like, unified across video games, cartoons, and live action. Yeah, that definitely seems like a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. The one cool thing DC had going for it is that they could make movies that weren't directly attached to their greater universe. Well, again, he said there would be the odd elsewhere thing, but but that the majority of the things would be in one single universe. Um, and so anyway, so he said all this stuff, and it was pretty radical, la da 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 And then so it made everyone wonder, like, and he, I think, I, I can't remember if it was during that talk, where he talked about like how they canceled the um, the the Batgirl movie and stuff, um, and why a bunch of other things have been canceled, and why Henry Cavill, you know, won't be back. Like all that stuff was in there too. Um, so then, in light of him saying all those things, because everyone's been wondering how or why, like the Flash movie hadn't been canceled yet either because of all the Ezra Miller um, stuff. But then that trailer that dropped during the Super Bowl, well, 
the, the teaser they showed on TV and then they released the full trailer on YouTube simultaneously. When you watch that trailer, you go, oh, okay. Um, like, it, I guess it may, <laughs> at first it doesn't make any sense. Um, like, if, especially if you're someone who doesn't know much about DC Comics, it makes no sense to see the trailer for the Flash movie at, in light of everything that, that James Gunn said. It make, like, your initial thought is this trailer goes against everything James Gunn just said. But then if you know even a little bit about DC like I do, and things that I'm sure you know, then you go, oh, okay, I see what's happening with this movie. I see how, I mean, it's pretty clear to see how it fits into the grand scheme of things. Um, but it was, it was interesting, because I'll just say, like, it's it's... At least by the trailer, because who knows what the actual movie is going to be like. But as a trailer, because it shows a lot, it weirdly almost feels like a love letter to the Zack Snyder era. Interesting. And, and I was starting to have, I was having that feeling. Like, this is so weird, and it's weird to see something that that looks so Zack Snydery, but yet he has like no involvement in it. You know. And that's even weirder. Well, except for, you know, that he originally cast, like, The Flash and stuff like that. But Yeah, and I'm sure he had early involvement, because they've been working on it for so long. True initial involvement, but I think part of the reason this movie's been in production for, like, seven years or whatever it is, it would be nice if, if they released, like, extensive, like, special features to really explain the whole story. Because... I wonder what percentage of the original story concept ended up in the final product. Cause I feel like it's probably like 10%. Like, I feel like the movies was reworked so much because of reasons that I, I wouldn't be surprised if barely 10% of like the original concept was retained in the final product. Yeah. And what's funny is I'm pretty sure, cause I'm assuming that it's still going with like a flashpoint paradox type thing definitely time travel and stuff and it seems like that's what they were setting up with uh batman v superman with the flash appearing in that one scene like coming from the future yeah it's funny that they've always had that same core concept they just had to manipulate around the edges to make it fit yeah yeah i think yeah i think that's yeah but that was a hell of a trailer uh, i mean just it just not, not 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 because i'm saying i'm gonna love the movie but it's almost ostentatious. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, holy shit. Um, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, me and Isaac are kind of the same. We always just wait to see trailers in the theater. Me, it's partially because I don't really want to see trailers in the first place. I don't really like trailers most of the time. But, yeah, for Isaac, I think. It's my okay. general... It's my... No, it's my general philosophy as well. But then... Because I don't have much investment, I don't. Well, I was gonna say I don't have much investment in DC. I don't even feel like I have much investment in Marvel either at this point. But um, yeah. so I don't. So to me, like, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll see, I'll see what there is, you know. Because if if anything, I'll see a trailer where I'll go, oh, that's probably not for me. Like um, a trailer like that was probably, um, oh fuck, Black Widow. But also that was another trailer that was like rammed into my eyeballs for like several months. Um, which I hate because mm-hmm. that usually turns me off to a movie. Like that's what happened with Nope, that I had that shoved down oh, God, my yes. throat. And and Black Widow was the same thing. And and the Black Widow trailers never look good. Um, yeah. And it turned out to be kind of like what I thought. Um, but uh, so I you know I'll check a trailer out to see if I if I feel like oh like there's a real disconnect. Just like Black Adam. Well, I had that. I. Had, I don't, I don't, wait, did I watch it? I don't even know if I watched the trailer for that. All I know is that I was expecting something I wasn't going to like, and that's what it was. <laughs> In the ways I expected not to like it. But, oh yeah, I def- definitely have to watch um, that Flash movie out of curiosity. Um, yeah, there, there's too many... There's too many things, like, to, to be able to ignore it. And then we'll see if it's good. I have no idea if it'll be good. Is Aquaman coming first? No, I don't think so. No, it's it's uh, I'm, I'm, it's Shazam, and then it's Flash. 
Oh god, and yeah. Then I think Aquaman is. Yeah. Forgot all about that Shazam. I haven't seen either one of those. I guess I haven't seen the second one because it hasn't been released yet. But <laughs> I didn't see the first um, one. Um, you know what? The first one came out of time when I was really low on the DC live action stuff. And I saw Shazam and I didn't love it. But it came out of the time where I was just it was it was it was a plus for DC if they didn't offend me, mm. and so Shazam did not offend me. And what I don't mean offend me like in an uptight way. I mean offend me in a low quality type of way, type of yeah. offending. Like original um, Suicide Squad. You watch. Oh yes. Just like oh, oh yeah. I can't believe this was even released in this condition. It's just oh, that one's, be- that one's beyond the pale. Um, yeah. Batman v Superman, just because so much shit didn't make fucking sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then so I liked the first Wonder Woman because there was nothing much to offend me in that particular movie. Yeah. Because um, at that point, I remember when I was on Sci-Fi Parlor, I'd be like, dude, I just want, just give me a comprehensible story, DC. Like, let's <laughs> just get let's just get that out of the gate before we you know do anything else. <laughs> um. Because so much of the shit is just incomprehensible, um, and Shazam was just fine. Like it didn't blow me away, it, but it would. But it didn't do anything to offend me. <laughs> it was just. So that's how I felt about Black Panther, or not Black Panther, uh, Black Adam. Where I was like, ah, it feels it feels like a superhero movie from like 2006, and that's that's okay. You know, it's just, I don't need anything super great when I'm watching these movies. I'm just there to pass the time. I definitely like Shazam one of Black Adam, that's for sure. Um, but I guess they, they they focus on different things in a way. Yeah, and it was fun to see some characters that I'd always wanted to see, like Doctor Fate. I thought that was was cool, even though unfortunately it felt more like a Doctor Strange ripoff now. But <laughs> what can you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like Namor would if they have if they'd used the real Namor, it would have felt like a ripoff of Aquaman. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. Man, I can't believe I fall for all that cultural stuff. I think I mentioned this before when it comes to the new Namor or, or the one. Oh, what do you mean? Like, I usually don't like that kind of pandering to any particular like ethnic group or whatever. Um, when it feels like inserted or just to like bring in certain eyeballs, something like Coco or Encanto is not what I'm talking about because. I mean that's different like housing something in, in an entire culture but i mean just like um because on its surface it's it's like and i'm still i'm still, i'm sorted this all out yet in my head it's just like hey let's take the atlanteans and like base them off of um old mayan or aztec culture and i was like wait a second like that 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 doesn't sound cool to me on paper just to do that just because um, that does not sound cool on paper. And then, but then when I actually see it, I'm like, this is cool <laughs> because, because I always do find, or usually find Mayan slash Aztec stuff interesting. So on paper, I don't like it, but then I feel like I fell for it anyway. Um, when I actually watched the movie. Um, so I basically, I'm a hypocrite. Um, yeah, and at least for me, I know there's lots of people who are like nominally Namor fans who are just, you know, anti-woke people who are just out there raging. They looked a couple things up about Namor just so that they had something to rage about. But me, it's not the race change at all that bothers me. It's a lot more core issues with Namor, like turning him into this weird isolationist. He's not even someone who cares about the greater ocean. All he cares about is this tiny little pocket. Oh, yeah. And then changing the, uh, the origin of how they became undersea people just does not track with the greater undersea life because atlantis isn't the only underwater kingdom that namor would have to deal with so how are they going to integrate that like that all that all just seems just like it wouldn't be able to function as its own little section of the universe if they wanted to focus on it more oh yeah yeah, no those are all really good points too um you know was that yeah we were having that conversation right What, what was i talking about last time um when I was talking about, oh shit, what was the last thing we did? Uh, Transformers, yeah. Transformers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how I was talking about 
how you just pluck things out of the lore, but you like completely give it like a whole new backstory and everything because you don't, you just see it. What you're describing is almost in a way like what they did with Namor. Um, and I, and from a Transformer perspective, where I understand the the, the old, um, the originals better than I understand the original Namor, I could see being upset about that. Um, that, yeah, you took this iconic character, you know, and, and all their background information. Because, yeah, because basically what you're describing is like if um, Kurtzman Orsi, like, wrote the script for uh, Wakanda Forever, as far as the Namor stuff was concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a really good point. Yeah, and it was just, I, again, I'd wanted to see a Namor movie since I was a little kid. That was one of the first comic books I ever read was a Namor comic. And just to see the final representation. I'm glad lots of people loved it. And they think it's cool and it, you know, it's, inspires people in that way. But, yeah, it's just disappointing to think that I'm probably never going to see the Namor that I want to see on screen. So, what can you do? Yeah, to be fair, not that I was inspired, but I definitely found it interesting. I mean, the ethnic angle. Yeah, and I was thinking more kids, but... Oh, okay. What's wild to me is um, the other thing I've been noticing lately are actors and actresses who are, like, Latino, who I never knew were Latino. And I've already known some of those like that. I mean, that other people don't know. But the actress in the, in Black Panther, the one who has this... The one who bears this son. Yeah, Lapina Longo. I had no idea that that she's like legitimate like mexican 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 citizen born in mexico hmm. uh yes her mother like came from oh i don't want to say the wrong african country i want to say it was kenya but i'm not sure but yes her mother you know came from africa but married a mexican guy in mexico and she grew up there like you know her her formidable years and then obviously speaks fluent Spanish. Holy shit. I just learned this like a month or two ago and my mind was completely blown. Cause I saw that she spoke Spanish in the movie and I was like, oh, pretty good. I didn't realize she's an actual bona fide Mexican citizen. Holy shit. That just blew me away. And yeah. And I, yeah. I didn't know that either. Mm. It's wild. And there's a couple other actors and actresses that I just, cause I already know about Anya Taylor-Joy and um, what's his name in Star Wars? Um, or uh, Isaac, um, Oscar Isaac. Man, who are the other ones I just learned about? Or like, I just learned that Michelle Rodriguez was born in San Antonio. Um, she didn't really grow up here, but she was born here. That's something. Huh. Um, and then um, Mandalorian, he wasn't born here either, but he did live here for some years and when he was young in San Antonio. But I don't know. Yeah, and aside from all this other stuff that we're pocket, like, trust me, I really want to do some classic Star Trek myself, or or pre oh. pre Paramount Plus or pre Abrams uh, Star Trek myself because, um, and I'm so addicted to YouTube right now. I I am so addicted to reaction videos, <laughs> um, and some of the reaction videos I watch are reactions to like classic star trek and, and the star trek movies and and like I, w- I watch a bunch of them and and whatever episode they choose or whatever movie i'm just like man i want to see that like like i love this stuff <laughs> like this or mm-hmm. like it seems like every episode they choose is like so good um and i'm just like yeah i want to watch this i want to watch this um but See, and I was thinking, man, I, I, w- I want to make my own reaction channel, except I don't know how I would do it. I think because what's appealing about most of the reaction stuff is it's usually someone who's either Gen Z or, or millennial age. And so they're literally watching these movies or shows mm-hmm. or listening to songs that they have never listened to ever or watched or seen. So how the fuck could I do a reaction thing? Because I've seen all this shit. It's like the only angle I could do is to like listen to young people music and that does not appeal to me in any way at all. So then wait. So by reaction do you mean like they're on video watching it for the first time and or listening to the music? Yeah, time? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically a commentary with video 
Except it's called a reaction because they have never seen this movie or show or listened to this song ever before. Oh, wow. I remember that used to be a big thing. I didn't realize that was still still going. Oh, I mm. freaking love it. Man, I just watched these girls. Um, they're from Eastern Europe. And they watched Steven Spielberg's Jaws. And again, obviously, they've never seen it. I don't even think they knew it was by Steven Spielberg because they didn't even ever mention his name the whole time. So to them, it was just like a classic shark movie that they've heard about. And obviously, I know the movie, especially because I watched the a bunch of times recently when we covered it and the 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 i mean I'll, the jump scares but they're not jump scares because the the jump scares in jog most of them there's the fake outs and then there's the ones you don't see coming yeah and and to see these girls watch this movie for the very first time knowing nothing about the movie like it it was just perfect it was perfect it was like somehow teleporting to 1975 and watching audiences watch that movie for the first time. Like, like you can really tell it's genuine that they're not faking because they got so like because the one that got me by surprise, I forgot about it when I was rewatching it recently. If you remember when um, what's his name Dreyfus or whatever when he goes scuba diving and he comes across the corpse underwater. Yep. Oh my god, those girls almost died when that happened. And it was incredible to watch. Um, and, and, oh, the other one that was amazing was the fi- iconic scene when Schneider is like throwing the chum overboard. Love that. Behind his yeah, back. That's a great moment. Oh my god, they lost their shit. Anyway, that's what makes those reaction videos like so good. And then these millennials and Gen Zers, because a lot of times what they pick is influenced by like their their viewers comments and stuff because they seem to pick all the best shit like and it and and like i love these channels because where else do you see do i see 22 year olds like watching like the original karate kid or the original conan or the original star trek movies or like terminator one because i don't know any 22 year olds who give two shits about like checking that stuff out for the first time if they haven't seen it already yeah and it's amazing that's i'm so addicted to these youtube videos it's it's so good it's so good that's nice to hear maybe the younger generation are more interested in that older stuff because my generation so many of my friends all these uh kind of on the fringe of millennials the very tall end and none of them wanted to watch anything that was pre the year they were born or sometimes not even that far back. They're like, no, nah, I won't watch anything pre like 2005. Yeah. And so that, that sucked for me growing up, <laughs> trying to show my friends. And also, up. one would assume that these young people are like the quote unquote nerd types. And some mm. of them are, but a lot of them are just like regular people, quote unquote. Like they're not particularly nerdy. Or some of them are not even into sci fi or anything going into this stuff. And I love when they watch it and they're just like, and, you know, first of all, they'll say something crazy like like with Jaws. Like, I don't know, this movie's from the 80s or the 90s. I don't know. And and then when they see the shark, or especially when they start teasing, seeing the shark, and they're just like, wait a second. How the fuck do they do this? And they're just like, wait a second. I, get, I hear that a lot of, when they watch 80s movies. They're just like, wait a minute. They didn't have CGI, did they? And they'd be like, how? And I love when they, like, not just in Jaws, but in whatever. I love when they're just like completely befuddled um, by certain special effects. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so anyway, watching those things and when people go over Star Trek movies, I'm just like, oh, fuck. I just want to watch all this shit. Yeah, I definitely want to get back to some, some good old Star Trek, the classic stuff, because even though Strange New Worlds is, I've been enjoying it. I just don't have any passion for it, is the, the thing. So I'm happy to watch it, but I don't have the, all that much to say about it. I have the passion of, and it should be obvious, that as far as... Okay, no. True, I absolutely adore the first Abrams um, movie, so that was a big deal for me, big time. Because I was like, oh, look, Star Trek did something awesome. Um, you know, another good movie since like First Contact. 
is what I was thinking at that time. But um, but with the TV stuff, it's just been such a dearth. And and you know, famously, I wasn't that keen on Voyager, and I kind of liked Enterprise, but a lot of it was also the thinking of the potential of Enterprise. I mean, that was part mm-hmm. of what was I was factoring into it. And especially because I forget you you said you never saw um, you did not watch Battlestar Galactica like the revival. Oh no, yeah, I've seen it all. Oh, okay, so you have. Um, so especially when that one came out like in two thousand three, and it was like, see Star Trek, like you need to get with the times, like you need to modernize mm-hmm. in some ways because you don't have this type of character development and these type. I mean, yeah, DS Nine was awesome, but but Battlestar Galactica seems like it's on another level when it comes to like realism and, and like three dimensional characters and all that kind of stuff. And so I was always like, like wanting Star Trek to somehow modernize, but still retain what was good about Star Trek. And I'm not saying strange new worlds is perfect in that way. Cause it still is its own thing. I mean, like as if those things almost exist in their own pocket universe, but yeah. But it's it's the closest thing that's come out yet on the small screen. Um, Definitely. And what's what's absolutely shocking is the other day I was bored and I went to revisit the first episode of Discovery. And obviously, Discovery season one is its own thing. It is so not like the other seasons. Mm. It is so its own unique thing. And I had forgotten. Because... Um, that first episode of Discovery is like nothing else. I mean, as horrible as season four is, it's still completely different. Uh, it's not even like the same show, even though some of the characters are the same. That is the most bizarre thing in the world, um, especially now yes. going back to it. It is so weird. It is, it is so weird. What's so weird to think is how, <laughs> at least for me, I was so incredibly hyped for it. And then to watch that thing unfold, it was just, I was just left completely stunned. It was like I just watched uh, The Last Jedi. It was that kind of reaction of just, I was worse. Feeling like the ground fell out under me. <laughs> it, was, it was worse, which I can't even fathom worse than yes. I really, I really do hate Last Jedi, but. It is worse. No doubt about it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, oh. Couldn't, couldn't be more wrong-minded for Star Trek. It's just everything, absolutely everything was wrong. It's fucking ins- it's so weird in the because the, the klingons oh they, they tried to soften them up a bit more like in season two and whatever but they they're even more insane looking in season one yeah <laughs> and i keep wow. wondering what's gonna happen i still i keep waiting to see and i'm sure they're gonna have a compromise but i keep waiting for a klingon in strange new worlds because obviously strange new worlds you know, it's a spinoff of like Discovery directly, so you would think maybe they'll have an explanation because I know they're not going to look exactly the same as, or I don't think they are. Um, they're going to look the same as Discovery when we see them finally in Strange New Worlds. But I don't know. We'll see. Did you already watch those episodes, by the way? The last two? No, I haven't watched the last two yet. I'm going to watch one of them tonight. Awesome. Yeah, I, I gotta. I'll probably watch them tomorrow, but I'm. I'm actually really looking forward to rewatching those two episodes. Yeah, and then hopefully we can knock out Picard relatively quick, so then we can yeah get to the good stuff. <laughs> I wish one day, what's something that's I don't think has ever happened on any of my podcasts, is there actually be an episode that doesn't include me. Hmm. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but I, I'm all for it, though. Um, like, if for some weird reason, just you and... Because I'm always available, that's the problem. <laughs> I'd have to make myself sit out. But um, but I would be interested in listening to an episode that was like, let's say you and Carl, and I'm not even there, or something like that. Yeah, I've always been pushing for Isaac to do that on my feed. Like, just, yeah, just do something with someone else. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy to edit that. I just don't want to always listen to podcasts that, I, that I'm in. So it's nice editing those couple that you've done with other people. Yeah, and Kat's always wanted to do that. I mean, she she said that for years and stuff. But like, hey, you guys can record without me, and da da da. da. <laughs> and nobody ever would until Hanako did, and then all of a sudden, boom, she created her own podcast. And you know, she's off to the races 
with her own podcast. Oh, no, I don't know anything about that. Oh, geez. Like I said, it's basically like she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll create my own stuff for Sci-Fi Parline. But I think by the time she did two or three, she's like, oh, now I learned how to make my own podcast. Which, by the way, that's yeah. kind of what happened to me, too, by the way. But um, <laughs> so she just went off and created her own podcast universe. Um, and she has all her friends who some of them appeared on Sci-Fi Parline maybe once or twice ever. Um but they're all on her podcast, which is um, the Fandom Hybrid podcast. I think that's what it's called. I think it's Fandom Hybrid. But more power to her, though, because she's already made, like, fucking, like, 275 episodes or something. Hey, rock and roll. Yeah, that's a lot. And, like, all the shows that she loves, which is a lot, like Walking Dead, Last of Us. Da-da, like, And she hits every episode of all these many shows she's into. I, I could never. It's, it's a lot yeah especially the booking booking guests for all those that's just, yeah and she and she like records and publishes everything because they do like they record um like like the call like with video like the the, the video oh, okay. like the video call mm-hmm. so all that stuff she also posted on youtube as well like so it's it's, oh. it's, it's a lot i've thought about doing that but it seems like it'd be a hassle i think once you work the kinks out like, but like, like it would be hard to do like the first one or two, but I feel like once you do the fifth, you know, you'll get like the whole routine down mm-hmm. uh, of not just the setting it up, but then the editing also. And then I think it's it's probably just as easy as regular podcasting once you get to like the fifth episode uh, of going through the motions. Yeah, but you know, then you got to wear clothes, and everyone's gonna see me just boozing it up the whole time, getting more and more wasted. Like I do is like wear a shirt or. Or you can just like shroud yourself like in darkness and like wear sunglasses, <laughs> you know. That's true. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, and I don't think they get a crazy amount of watches, but every now and then, like, I've stumbled across a Star Wars or Star Trek podcast that does that whole type of format, and some of them get incredible downloads, like download <laughs> numbers. And when I listen to their stuff, I'm like, it's it's just as good as, as anything that we do, like, like the actual content. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't see a chasm, like between whatever they're talking about and the way we discuss things. The only difference is they get several tens or hundreds of thousands, potentially million views. So, you know, go figure. And some of them are very limited. I mean, like. Like they just basically some of them they just hit start and they hit end and then like there's no there's no fancy bells or whistles in their productions, it's like pretty straightforward and some of them do really well. Yeah, that's interesting. I've I've experimented a little bit with YouTube in the past, but yeah, it's that's yeah, just the effort of doing it. I even thought about asking Sean and Steve if I could put up their uh, Tardis Tavern stuff on YouTube because I know their whole Columbo podcast was on there. And I was like, ah, it'd be nice if that the other stuff was on there too, and then I don't, don't have to worry about going through and backing it all up every few years, which I do, <laughs> or every other year. I know Josh asked if he could put like the Shaken Not Stirred stuff on YouTube. I was like, go ahead, man, but he never did. Any, he never posted anything, <laughs> which is fine. Um, the last thing I say, I'll say, I guess, before we finally get to this, oh, because I just re- yeah. remembered what Last of Us was mentioned earlier by me. Um, I have to say that I never played the video game, but you know, at the very beginning, I thought because that's the thing. Every time I watch something that's zombie related, somehow you can't help but think about The Walking Dead and like compare and contrast, and like yeah. how is this thing going to be different than the Walking Dead show or whatever? Um, and initially, I thought, "Fuck, this feels too much like The Walking Dead." Um, but then it didn't take long to see that oh no 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 this is, this is a little bit di- this is different this is different um and i think that's amazing like because that seems like the hardest thing to do if you were trying to come up with something new even though this came out like 10 years ago but i mean like how could you come out with a new werewolf story or a new vampire story or a new zombie story and somehow make it seem original you know what i mean like that seems like it'd be the most difficult thing yeah but somehow I think they managed to do it enough that Last of Us definitely has 
some unique things going for it. And there's potentially other things I think that are unique about it, but I can't say because I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything. But I, I've definitely been impressed. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, I mean, it's five episodes in right now. Not everything is perfect. Um, something started happening where characters started making like dumb horror character mistakes. Mm. I hate that. And some of that started happening recently, but but I'm sure it'll, it'll resolve itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that shit. I hate that. Uh, um, like, uh, anyway, but no, I, I'm very fucking impressed. And, and the biggest thing that differentiates it from The Walking Dead is you can just see how fucking expensive it looks. That, mm. That's the thing. Like, you know, what would... What would Walking Dead look like if it had HBO money, basically? And in that way, there's no comparison. Um, it has HBO money and it shows on screen, and it's it's nice. It's nice looking for the most part. Very nice looking. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to check that out. And I always wanted to play the games, but I'm pretty sure the they're PlayStation exclusives. I think they are PlayStation exclusives. Yeah, so I never had the chance, but I always wanted to. Yeah, because Sean was like, man, I think I want to play the game now. Because he likes to play those kinds of games. Um, but yeah, he only has an Xbox. Um, I said, dude, I will give you one of my old PlayStations. Because um, <laughs> I have many multiple PlayStations. Um, I'll give you one of my old ones. Because it's like, this this is the game that Sean was meant to play. <laughs> like, Seriously. It, it, like this video game, there could be a video game that's more for Sean, unless unless it has something to do with Clue. Because <laughs> um, yeah, and see, I never played that game because for some reason when I got older, I couldn't play those types of games, um, like third person action adventure, whatever, whatever kind of game. I just, I don't know, I I don't know why I can't play those games. Like my brain, it's something wrong with it. Uh, I used to eat those games up when I was younger, but I, I can't older. But after watching the show, oh man, now I'm really tempted. <laughs> but I should probably just watch like a six-hour walkthrough or something and save myself the money. Cause I know I won't be able to play it because as soon as I start playing the real video game, I'm, I know I'm going to get tired like mm. really quick. But also, even though the game came out in 2013, and it, I mean it looks state of the art in 2013. Obviously, the original looks a little bit aged now, but They've already released the remastered PS5 version, like that's already out there, and so it's the exact same original game, but it's it's modern, like state of the art graphics. So it's it's pretty amazing. I've kind of watched a lot of videos comparing the new to the old, and so you get to play it like it's a brand new game, um, and yeah, the graphics are pretty amazing. In the, in the newest versions. Yeah, and I'm glad they're doing stuff like that again, or more of, because uh, I always complain that video games are almost treated like disposable media. Like, oh, it's there, and then once the console's gone, or once the graphics or gameplay is too outdated, then it's just kind of lost. So it's nice that they're trying to bring some longevity. They, they definitely do with certain games. Yeah. The only ones that are head-scratchers are the, re- the re-releases of um, Grand Theft Auto three and vice city and san andreas like i don't know if you've seen those like so yeah they they geez those came out like more than a year ago so you know they brought them up to modern standards and a lot of it was an improvement in graphics the only problem is the the actual character models themselves the people Mm -hmm. they gave them like a more cartoony animation style oh and it's like what the fuck so, like, everything about, like, the world looks so sharp and amazing and better frame rate and all that stuff is great. It's just the actual art style went from trying to be realistic to just being, like, kind of cartoony. And so it, like, it, like, fucks up the whole aesthetic. So so it's kind of, like, it's bittersweet because you're, you're, pay- you're, you're playing, like, the best graphical version, but the people all look like cartoon characters. And so I don't know what the fuck that's about. It's annoying. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and they're not literal cartoon characters, but I mean, they just don't... They look less realistic than even the original. But anyway, 
Oh boy. Um, these Berkman things are, are not um, easily consumable. Oh wow, I'm looking at the yeah some images of them right now. Yeah, they look pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me let me let me see what I can see when I Google. Yeah, and it's so weird because, like I said, they they look amazing. Other than that. Yeah, and Grand Theft Auto is one of those games or one of those franchises that I just I don't know. When I hit like 15, I just was not really interested in it anymore. I think I played maybe a f like three hours of Grand Theft Auto 4. And I was just like, eh, just not really for me anymore. But I love 3, I love Vice City. I even played those ones for the PSP. Uh, Liberty City Stories and Vice City Stories. I loved all those, all that stuff, but just never been able to get back into it as an adult. Or even a later teen. Well, see, that's weird. Because it's, what you're saying is kind of like what I was saying about action-adventure games. How I used to love them when I was young, but I couldn't play them when I was older. Mm -hmm. Except, because of the time dilation difference, I can't even imagine what it would be like to grow up around the video games that existed since the time you were born to when you were going through all the different ages of adolescence. I can't imagine what it would be like to have all that shit around you all the time. Because <laughs> it's... Because... Because and see, it's crazy that I grew up basically like with Tron and everything, the original. I mean, like time frame wise. So I actually lived through like the whole evolution um, of video games, etc. And so I never played Grand Theft Auto until the original Vice City came out, and I guess I was around twenty three or twenty four the first time I ever played it, that game. And so being that age and playing it, I was just like dumbstruck with like, there's never been a game. I, I mean, it was a combination of being dumbstruck of the open worldness mm -hmm. and the adultness. Like both of those things were so novel. Like open, open world games had existed before, obviously, but they were always sectioned off like the way Nintendo 64 games were. Like you're in this area... And then you, like, get to a certain point, and then, you know, it, like, transports you to another area. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's, that was... But to, to, for it to be actual open-open, like, you can walk from one end to the other. I mean, that did exist before Grand Theft Auto, but Grand Theft Auto was the first popular game I played that you could actually walk from one end to the other. And then, combined with the adult tone... So I'm a, I was just a 23-year-old who was just mesmerized by all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And see, I... I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I don't know. I can't even imagine being a younger person. Because cause, y'all got ex exposed to so much more crazier stuff and and amazing stuff, like, like much quicker than we were. Oh, yeah. Having the internet at such a young age was, yeah, a scary place back then. <laughs> Come across, I mean, those video games were tame. Compared to a lot of stuff that you just accidentally stumble across on the internet back in those early aughts. So. And, I, and I can't even imagine. Because cause I was a weird kid, because I know there wasn't many like me in this way, that that I really did in the old in the 80s and early 90s. I used to hang out in libraries like they were the internet. <laughs> um, and trust me, I know it was weird because I didn't see any other kids hanging around doing what I was doing. Um, and so I did that with analog media. I cannot even imagine, like, what I would have done. Um, like, the rabbit holes I would have gone down if I had the, the real internet. Because I went down rabbit holes in the actual public library. And I'd be, like, finding weird, like, taboo books and things like that kind of stuff. <laughs> that, like, nobody had ever heard of or seen. Or, I mean, you know, people didn't even realize were in the library. And I did that from a young age, too. Like, finding weird things in the library. So I could just imagine on the internet. Yeah, and that's why in some ways it's good that there's more safeguards, especially for parents. Because I think for my generation, parents just did not understand. Because they didn't really know what the internet was. They didn't know how to use computers. So they didn't know what the hell we were doing on them. And I know a lot of people who grew up my, my age group have that same experience of just being exposed to stuff they should have never been exposed to way too young. Especially girls.
And I switched up my drink of choice today. I'm drinking some scotch. Nice. You know, damn it. I, I, you know, I didn't have scotch in my life till I was like 34 years old or something. Mm. <laughs> and I've still only had it very few times since then. Yeah, I only recently discovered a new love for it because for the most part, I'd only ever had bad scotch or bad Canadian whiskey. And I was kind of like, uh, like I kind of like bourbon, but everything else is just kind of gross. But just recently I had uh, Johnny Walker Black Label and that just opened up some new worlds for me. And yeah, I've just been trying a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first scotch I ever had was a galley and it was, it was very premium stuff. It was, it was like, and so that, that was horrible. I mean, for that to be my first experience, that it was, <laughs> it was really, really top shelf. Um, and it was, it tasted like, it was, just, it was amazing. It was amazing. But yeah, but I've only bought cheap scotch for myself and, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Um, but, oh. although like I've heard that if you take like shitty vodka and put it through a, a a water purifier that it makes it taste like top shelf vodka oh really I, I yes i really want to try that i really and i don't know i've seen tiktok videos of people doing it go oh my god <laughs> and so i i'm real curious to try that <laughs> 